So we are on Daf Chavav Amid Aleph, second line. Tanya. So we're in the middle of discussing the sugya of Isaac B'mitzvah, Patr Mitzvah. And like the Gemara does so effectively, it takes it to the nth degree, and then you can minus from there, and Chav V'stutzach. Tanya. Amr B'chanani Ben Akavi. Kaisvei Svarim. Seifrim. Tfilin, they write, Sefer Tfilin, Mezuzis, Hain. Not only are they exempt from doing a mitzvah when they're doing their work, Vitagrehem, Vitagre Tagrehem, the infamous supply chain, their suppliers, their suppliers, the middlemen, the other middlemen that pass it along all the way till to retail, Vikal Ha'iskim, and anyone else who's doing religious work, even includes tzitzah sellers. And by the way, this is a halach and shulchan So, as if you think this is some quaint, it's not, it's halach and shulchan Now, shulchan puts in a caveat, not for money. I don't know how the tagre tagreim works in that, but it knows if a guy is doing it, and I guess it has to be, you know, needed right now, if a guy comes into shul and he doesn't have tefillin, and you know how to write tefillin, and you'll do it for him for free. You start then, and you write straight through Zman Kriyashma. It's Allah and Shulchanar. L'kayim, divir Rabbi Yisai Aglili, shayi Rabbi Yisai Aglili, yaymer ha'isik b'mitzvah, patr mena mitzvah. If you're doing one mitzvah, you're patr from another mitzvah. Now, we're going to transition to sukkah. Tanarabon. Now, I just want to say, there's two categories applicable by sukkah. Number one, there's the general Isaac B'mitzvah, Pater mitzvah, which is a very important category. In fact, the Pnei Yeshua asks, why do we need a special mitzvah of Isaac B'mitzvah, Pater mitzvah by Sukkah? It's true by any mitzvah. Besides that, there's a special, special mitzvah by Sukkah, a special Indian by Sukkah of Teishu which means anything you wouldn't do at home, you're Pater from doing in the Sukkah. So for instance, why are you potter from the sukkah in the rain? It's nothing magical. It's a shot like this. Let's say chas v'shalom, someone has a leak in the roof. So there's a room in your house that like whenever it rains, boom, boom, boom. Now, when it rains, do you stay in that room? No. I'm sure you all have in your house, except you live in Beezer because they're brand new and they have great air conditioning. But there's one room in your house that doesn't have good air conditioning. And like, you just don't go there much in the summer. And there's probably a room that in the winter, it's like never gets warm. So you just, so... Just like in your house, just like in your house, you don't inhabit a room that's uncomfortable, it's teishu kentadur. So, so do by sukkah, teishu kentadur. Now, this extends to a trip. So, for instance, all of us had to go away in the past. So, when you go away, you leave your house. You don't take your house with you. You stay in temporary <laughs> quarters. You stay on the road. So, just like during the year, you would go... Jewish girls travel, they do take their house with them. <laughs> um, no comment. Um, so, I can't say, so just like you wouldn't take your house and you could sleep not at home, so on sukkahs you would sleep not at home. On sukkahs, what's your home? Your sukkah. So, there's a different special patur by sukkahs called Teshu Kenta Duru, which allows you not to sleep in a sukkah, not because of any Isaac Mitzvah and not because of any patur, but I'm living like I live at home. 
And just like at home, I wouldn't hesitate. Do you ever say, listen, I'm not going to have my own bed today. And I'm not going. No, you go, even though you don't have your own bed. And sometimes, especially those of you who went to the country, the Shabbos, went to a bed that was much less comfortable than the bed you were in at home. And you still went. So you see, you see that you do do these things. So you're potter from a sukkah, not because it's it's up towards, because that's how you live during the year. That is the Teshukain Taduru. So we're going to find these two categories now. Tanar Banan. Travelers by day, they're potter by yom because at night they're not traveling. So their teshu came to duru at night is to live in their house, which is now their sukkah. Therefore, they're chayavin at night. If you're traveling at night, yeah, you're potter masukah at night because you're traveling. Because you're not traveling. If you're traveling around the clock, just like on the road around the clock, you wouldn't have your house. You're potter from your house. Now, so when the p'tur is because teshu keta duru, that's not how you live. It's only when you are actually traveling and actually doing something else. Holchin ledvar mitzvah, if you're going for a mitzvah, like Rashi said in the Mishnah, that's an overarching petur. Then you're potter even when you're not involved. Holchin ledvar mitzvah, petur and bein b'yayim u bein balayim. Like when they went to learn by the Reish Galusa, so they weren't home, it involved traveling. They traveled there. On Sukkis, they would sleep on a park bench in Surah. Ah, where's the Sukkah? Doesn't matter. If you would travel for Echves to see a Mashas, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have your house with you, but you would go on such a trip. So if you go for such a trip on sukkahs, you don't need to sleep in the sukkah. Amri, they rationalized, they said, Anan, shluchem mitzvah, anan peturin. We are shluchem mitzvah, and we're pater. Again, shluchem mitzvah is a much more overarching pitur than teshu kentaduru. We're dealing with two things. We're juggling two svaras here. The teshu kentaduru is a very narrow pitur. The pitur of Isaac mitzvah, pater mitzvah is much broader. Those that are guarding a city, if their job is by day, but they're if they're guarding the city at night, they're potter from sukkah at night. If you're busy with your job both by day and by night, same thing. If you're hired as a guard for the farm, for the fruits, that no one comes and steals the fruits, asks the Gemara, I hear, I hear, in some of these cases, I hear why you can't have a sukkah with you. But if you know your job is to go out in the field, you know, it's probably local, and guard the fruits, why can't you bring a sukkah with you? So the Gemara answers two answers. The first one is extremely fundamental. Because of Teshu Kentaduru, which means in your sukkah at home, you should and you try to make it as homey as possible. Which means your sukkah is right next to your kitchen. So you have all the conveniences of home. You're supposed to bring in the most comfortable furniture. Obviously, something can ruin the rain. You wouldn't want to do it here in America. But in Eretz Yisrael, people bring their couches and their real beds out. 
you, you need salt, it's right by the kitchen. You need ice, it's right by the kitchen. The oven's right here, the food could come out hot. Your sukkah that you build at home is as homey as can be. Says Abaya, yeah, okay, fine. You want the guy to build the sukkah in the field. Now, come on, what kind of arrangements do you think he's going to be able to make for himself? He's going to maybe bring a pop-up sukkah. He's going to maybe bring shivach eschach. And like, how much more do you want him to carry? It's going to be an extremely uncomfortable experience. It's not going to be big. It's not going to be with the furniture. It's not going to be with the comforts of home. So the fact that you can't replicate teshu ken taduru Patters you from sukkah when you can't be Teshu Kentadu. This is a, a whole broad expansion of the swar of Teshu Kentadu. Rava Omar, if your job is to guard food, you have to have a 360 degree view. And if you build three walls around yourself, you're basically putting up a big sign. Anyone that wants to steal, just steal in any direction that I can't see. So says the Gemara, building a sukkah is the dumbest thing you could do on your job. You're supposed to be able to see everywhere. What are you doing? You're building walls around yourself, preventing you from seeing. Amr Abaye, Rav Amr, Pirtza Kriyilaganif. Now, Pirtza Kriyilaganif is not an appropriate shprach over here. What Pirtza Kriyilaganif means, a hole in a fence calls a ganif, which means anytime a ganif sees an opportunistic situation, he's going to take an opportunity and chap. Pirtzikul ganif means if there's a hole in the fence, you're going to have a ganif. Don't have holes in your fence. Don't leave your door open when you go on vacation. That's what Pirtzikul ganif is. But what we take that to mean is ganavim are opportunistic. And therefore, if you surround yourself by a hut, you're giving a ganif a great jump on you. Says the Gemara, those are two good reasons. My beinayu, what's the difference between the two reasons? Ike beinayu, the kaminter karya de peri. The difference would be when all you have to watch is one row of fruits. So if it's the second reason, you could build your sukkah, three walls, I don't have to watch anything to my sides of Miami, and I can keep laser focus on the fruits in front of me. Mamish laser focused. Whereas if it's the first reason, the sukkah is still going to stink, it's still going to be uncomfortable, it's still not going to be a teshu kentaduru, and therefore, says the Gemara, if that reason would be the reason, you're still potter from sukkah. Yeah, but knows even then, even then the fact that you're behind a wall, he can hop something and run. You, you're in a disadvantage, and and the Gemara is saying you're not mechuyev to give the gun of any ideas. Meaning, yeah, maybe the guy's going to get caught, but Lamaisa, you don't want to get in the whole process with him. You standing sentry, S E N. You standing sentry is much smarter for your job than building any formal wall around yourself. Says the Gemara. Next din in the Mishnah. So someone who's sick and their helpers are all potter from Sukkah. When we talk about a chayla, don't think it's just a guy who's deathly ill. Even a chayla who has no mortal danger. I feel of a guy has an eye ache. I feel So it's the same thing as home. If let's say you weren't feeling well, where in your house would you be? If you're not feeling well, you're not hanging around your dining room or your kitchen with all the guests and family. You go to your room for a nap. So if you would leave your dining room in your house because you're not feeling well, it doesn't mean you have to be deathly ill. If you're not feeling well, so you'd leave your dining room or your kitchen, so then the same thing, leave the sukkah. So the same patur that allows you to leave the sukkah allows you to leave your dining room. 
Amr Shem Gamliel, in fact, Pamachas Chashti Beine Bekisri. I was once in Kisri and I had an eye ache. Vehitter the Merdasra in Kisri was Rabbi Yaisi Baribi, and he mattered me, Lishan Aniu Misham Shechotz Sukkah. He allowed me to leave the Sukkah. Rav, Sharalelar of Achabardala, Rav permitted of Achabardala, Lamingna, to sleep Bekilta in a canopy, which we discussed earlier in the second barrack and earlier in the first barrack, which you're not allowed to do. That's a violation of Sukkah because you're in a tent. Why did he allow him to do it? Mishimbaki, because of bugs. There were a lot of bugs. So technically, you're potter from the sukkah. So you don't listen. Don't leave the sukkah, even though you're potter. You could put a tent around yourself, and you're not being yaitzi sukkah, but you're allowed to because you have a right to leave the sukkah. Rava shari leilor of acha bar ada lemigna bar talalta. Rava permitted of acha bar ada to sleep outside the sukkah mishum sircha de gargishta because the smell of the ground. There was like, I guess, you know, my neighbor put the new mulch yesterday. So I guess if your sukkah would be next to new mulch, you would talk to be potter from the sukkah. The ground smell, and therefore he permitted him to go out of the sukkah. Ravel, the time of Dhamma Ravam, it's tire potter mena sukkah. So says the Gemara, whoa, 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 one second. Mitstair and Chayla are two different stops on the same train line, but one's much further than the other. A chayla is a technical designation. You're a chayla. You have illness ABC. Mitzteyer is not a chayla. It's generally uncomfortable. They're both true, but they're different <coughs> levels. One person can't say the same thing. Rava said a chayla's potter, which means in order for you to gain patur from the sukkah, you have to be yay high on the scale. Then he said mitzteyer potter, which is much lower on the scale. If you're just generally inconvenienced or uncomfortable. So which one is it? Are you potter from the sukkah merely by being uncomfortable? Or do you need actually an illness to be potter? Says the Gemara, they're both true and they have different levels of peturim. Says the Gemara, It's mash from there, you have to be a chayla, not just mitzayr. So says, Amri, chayla, a sick guy, who umishamsh of peturim? A sick guy, both him and his helpers are putter. Because you being sick requires you to have helpers. And just like in real life, you would schlep your helpers with you. So being sick allows your helpers to be putter from the sukkah as well. Mitzteyer, just because, let's say, like, let's say you're uncomfortable in a room. Let's say you like it incredibly cool. So there's a room that everyone else is perfectly comfortable in. You're just uncomfortable. So what would you do? You would leave the room. Would you take helpers with you to cool off? No. So so too, if you're uncomfortable in the sukkah, yet it allows you to leave, it doesn't allow you to take any helpers. Okay, and the third din in the Mishnah was, you could eat a snack outside the sukkah. Says the Gemara, this is very important. Okay, how much is a snack? Two or three bayim. Now, one second. When you eat on Shabbos, a slice of challah, that's a kezayis. Two slices of challah is a kebeya. Six slices of challah is three kebeitzes. You're telling me that's a snack? I don't know anyone that eats six slices of challah to Shabbos. 
And you tell me that that's just a snack. Asks the Gemara, and most often, it's enough for a person just to have, just to have uh, that for a Suda. And you're telling me that's a snack? And he modifies that here. No, no, not two or three days. That's, that's a full Suda. You know what a snack is? A snack is when you don't want to eat a real meal now but you're starving so we have this all the time let's say it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon and you're starving but you know you're going to go home at 6, 6.30 and have supper so you don't want to eat a meal at 4 but you want to eat something that will tide you over that's what we're talking about so for instance you'll take like one of those 100 calorie pack of almonds like a perfect zach you eat them they, they tied you over till supper, and then and then you're good. Says more, that's the shear of a snack. How much a bachar will eat on the way into shear? When a bachar is running into shear, it's not time for lunch yet. Lunch is after shear. But lemaisa, maybe the rebbe is going to go overtime. Maybe it's going to be a long shear, and therefore I don't want to go in starving. I'll go chop a bite. I'll go chop a bite, and then I'll be able to hear shear. That's a snack. Now. Says the Gemara, extremely important sugya. Tanarbanan, oichlin achilas aray chutz lesukkah. You're allowed to eat a snack outside the sukkah. Ve'ein yeshenim shinas aray chutz lesukkah. But you're not allowed to have a temp, a little, what is a snack to food, a nap is to sleep. So you're allowed to chop a snack outside the sukkah. You're not allowed to hop a cat nap outside the sukkah. Why? It's not fair. Meaning you have to eat and sleep in the sukkah. Eating, only a real meal needs to be done in a sukkah. The snack version of a meal is mutter outside the sukkah. Sleeping has to be done in the sukkah. But the snack version of sleeping, we call that a nap or a cat nap, is not allowed outside the sukkah. Why? Says the Gemara, an answer, but it's going to need a lot of modifying. My taima, amar bashi yirdam. No, with a nap you may fall asleep, which means there's such a thing as portion control by food. You know, so if let's say again same scenario, it's four in the afternoon, you're hungry, you don't want to eat a meal because then it's going to destroy your appetite for supper. So you go and you take a portion control portion of something, a handful of nuts, a cookie, a piece of fruit. You take a portion control matter, and I know you're not going to do more because you're fully capable of portion control. came when it comes to sleep, you can't say, I'm going to take a 100-calorie pack of sleep. You can't say, I'm just going to take two Oreos and then wake up because your sleep may turn into a three-hour nap. Yeah, I meant to put my head down for five minutes. Next thing you knew, it was 5.30 in the afternoon, Shabbos, Shabbos afternoon. Says more, by sleep, there's a concept of you may fall into a deep sleep. Okay, legitimate point. But let's see how this works by tefillin. El Amr, Amle El Yashin Adam Shinas Shinas Keva. The Allah is, a person can take a cat nap with his tefillin, 
and you don't have anything to worry about. But you can't sleep for real with your tefillin because when a person sleeps for real with his tefillin, he can't control his body. And he, for tefillin, you need to wear, you need to have a guf naki, and therefore when you fall asleep, you have no control, and therefore you may not have a guf naki, so you're not allowed to wear your tefillin. So the bottom line is, you tell me there's no such thing as portion control by sleep, but we see there is, because we see that by tefillin, you're allowed to go to sleep, and you're allowed to sleep a little bit, you're allowed to have a portion control sleep, and we're not afraid you're going to fall into a deep sleep. Says the Gemara, Leichosh Shema Yirdam. Why aren't you afraid the guy's going to fall into a deep sleep? Isn't that what you told me by sukkah? That the reason why you're allowed to snack outside the sukkah is because by food portion control is shaykh. By sleeping portion control is not shaykh. And therefore, you say you're not allowed to even sleep a little because you may sleep a lot. So how come by tefillin you're allowed to wear your tefillin for a nap and you're not allowed to wear, to, and we're not worried you're going to fall into a deep sleep? You're right. You're never allowed to sleep, not with till not in the sukkah. The only time you're able to sleep is if you have a guy who's watching you. Listen, please wake me up in five minutes. Says the Gemara, no, that never works. That never works. You know, I'm sure this happened to you, Shavuos, by night. It's three in the morning, you're tired. You put your head down on the table. You tell the guy next to me, wake me up in five minutes. You pick your head up, you dread splotch. Three hours later, and like you like look at the guy. The guy's snoring louder than you. Like where were you? Says the Gemara, Maskala Mashashia, Arvach, your guarantor, your Arev, Arvad Sarach. He needs his own Arev. Which means not no 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 no. Getting a buddy system for sleep never works. Says the Gemara. Okay, I'll tell you the answer. Ella Marabba Barbachana again. You're right. There's no difference between tefillin and sukkah. There's no difference between tefillin and sukkah. Both of them would be asr even for a little nap. Both of them are mutter. If you wedge yourself in an, an impossibly uncomfortable position, your sleep is not going to last long. So for instance, if you put your head between your knees, that ain't going to last long. So it says, no, you're 100% right. There's no portion control by sleep, and therefore you're not allowed to have a little nap by tone, you're not allowed to have a little nap by sukkah. Except if you put yourself in such a crazy position, you're not going to sleep long, then it's mutter both by sukkah and by tefillin. That's one answer. The Gemara then says another answer, which is a whole nother lumdus, great lumdus. Rav Amar in Kevalashina. No. There's no portions by sleep, which means like this. Which means, but like this. By food, everyone knows what constitutes a meal and what constitutes a snack. If I asked you, hamburger, fries, and salad, meal or snack? Meal. If I ask you, two Stellador cookies and a glass of water, meal or snack? Snack. Apple and a cup of orange? Snack. By food, Everyone knows what is a meal and what is a snack. By sleep, it's not true. It depends on the situation. Sometimes you need eight hours. Sometimes you need 20 minutes. When you need 20 minutes, that's not a din of a snack. That's the sleep you need. So it's as effective as, as an eight-hour sleep. By food, 
there's a strong difference, and everyone knows the difference between a meal and a snack. It's not the pshat, meaning we all need 1,200, 1,500 calories a day, 2,000 calories a day, whatever you need. And therefore, and therefore, if you do the math, then your meal should be six, seven, eight hundred calories each. When something is a hundred calories, it's not a meal, not under any circumstances. That by definition is a snack. No one can last on three meals of hundred calorie packs a day. You'll die soon. So when we talk about food, there's a real, real, real difference between a meal and a snack. And therefore, yeah, you have to eat meals in the circuit, you don't have to eat snacks. When we talk about sleep, Sleep is a, a subjective thing. At different times, you need different things. And, and science has borne this out. There is such a concept that you could take a 20-minute nap during the day, and it's mamish effective with your brain of getting your brain back into where it's the most productive zone. It's not tired. You know, like they showed that a tired brain is like a drunk brain. But with a 20-minute nap, your brain can be totally woken up. When you take a 20-minute nap, that's not a sleep snack. That's a sleep meal. That's an effective sleep. So says the Gemara, there's no concept by sleep of a meal. So now, when it comes to tefillin, yeah, it's an effective sleep. But you still could control your body so you don't have to worry about tefillin. But when it comes to sukkah, that's what you needed. So you lived outside the sukkah. You, you got what you needed outside the sukkah. That's your full needs. It's a full meal of sleep. And therefore, you can't do it outside the sukkah. Amazing concept. What a beautiful answer. One last thing about tefillin and sukkah. Tani Chara, we learned in one Mishnah, we just learned, that, and this is the real halacha, you could take a little nap with your tefillin, but you can't take a full sleep with your tefillin. V'tan yedach, and yet we learned in another place, no, you can do whatever you want. Ben keva ben aroi. You could sleep 100% big sleep, small sleep. V'tan yedach, and yet we learned in a third price, and neither, like keva v'loi aroi. What's going on here? Leikash. Hadid When you're holding your tefillin in your hand, Absolutely no kind of sleep is mutter because even if you just like doze off like this, your muscles relax and you drop your tefillin. So when you're holding your tefillin, absolutely no form of sleep is mutter. That's that brisa. Hadaman When you're wearing your tefillin on your head, that's the classic brisa we said. No big sleeps, but yes naps. And when they're in the bag, just on your bed, the Gemara is giving you a head that you could sleep even any kind of sleep. When you're in, in your tefillin bag. You could sleep with them. Now, by tefillin, we made a chilek between a real sleep and a nap. What constitutes a sleep? What constitutes a nap? Meaning, some guys could sleep six hours on a Shabbos afternoon. Is that a nap or is that a sleep? Some guys could sleep two hours at night. Is that a nap or is that a sleep? So obviously, when you do it isn't the determining factor. So what's the determining factor? So okay, it's an amount of time. So what is the amount of time that constitutes a nap and what constitutes an actual sleep? Says the Gemara. The Kamashinas Aray, Tani Rami Mea The amount of time it takes to walk a hundred amas is a nap. More than that, it's not a nap. Tani Rami and we learned that same thing in a Hayosh and Bitfilin. If a person is sleeping with his tefillin, Beraya Keri, and he by accident was Raya Keri, 
you should only touch the Ritsua. Don't touch the bias. The Chachamim say, Yosh and Adam betfillin. Nah, you could sleep in tefillin. Shinas Arai, a temporary sleep. Avle Shinas Keva. Vekama Shinas Arai. And this is why we're quoting this whole Braisa. Gedehilich Me'ama, the amount it takes to walk 100 Amas. Amarav Asul Adam Lishan Biyoyim. Yosem Shinas Asul. Says the Gemara in an unrelated sugya. We're not talking about sleeping with tefillin anymore. But you started talking about sleeping during the day with tefillin. Says the Gemara, forget your tefillin. You're not allowed to sleep during the day because it's bitl hasus. <laughs> a person is not able to sleep during the day longer than a horse nap. We know that horses, they nap. They take like a, they hop a little nap, which is about a half hour. How much is the horse's nap? She said, Nashmi. So the Gemara here, this is Pascha and the Jochanarach. Asers sleeping longer than a half hour during the day. Of course, the halach is if you need it to function, then it's mutter. Says the Gemara Amr Abaya Shinse Demar Abaya says the sheen of my Rebbe Rabba is Kidrav, is like Rav's nap. For Rav, Kidrabi, Rav napped the same share amount of time as Rebbe. For Rebbe, Kidrabi, David napped the same amount of time as David. For David, Kidrabi, David napped as long as a horse. For and a horse naps. Shisa Nashmi. 60 breaths, which is a half hour. Omar Abaya have a noyim. Abaya used to sleep as long as it took to drive from Pubedisa to Bekuvi, which is a long time. Much longer than a half hour. Kariel Reb Yosef, Reb Yosef said about him, ah, lazy. For how long is this lazy person going to sleep? When are you going to get up? Back to tefillin and sleeping. A person that wants to go to sleep during the day. If you want, you could take off your tefillin. If you want, you could keep them on. Because we said, If you're going to sleep at night, you have to take off your tefillin because you're going to sleep a real sleep. says, the young ones. Now, right now, we think the young ones means Bachrim. Bachrim, even by a nap, have to take their tefillin off and you don't have the option to leave them on. We started the price that said if you sleep during the day, you have the option to leave your tefillin on. Bachram don't have the option to leave their tefillin on. Why? Because, because they're more apt to become a Balkari. Says Gemara, whoa, you just took sides in a major Shaila. You just decided a Balkari is usher to wear tefillin. Where did you get that from? It's a big Shaila. Lamech Savar Yosef. Rabbi Balkari Do you mean to tell me Rabbi Yisiel Balkari to wear tefillin? Where do you know that from? It says where well, you're right, you're right, you're right. When it says young ones, it doesn't mean Bachram. I didn't mean to wade into that Shiloh. It means newly married people, because them they're apt to be together with their wives, and that for sure usher with tefillin. 
Maybe they're going to, you know, be together with their wives. By the way, if a person forgot, now you're thinking, how do you forget? They wore tefillin all day in those days. So, so it's shaykh to not realize you're wearing your tefillin. They literally wore their tefillin all day. And I don't know if you've ever seen the Zilberman guys in Yerushalayim. They have like their teeny tefillin that they wear all day. It's very easy to forget you're wearing tefillin. So shakach, if he forgot, v'shimish mitasim tefillin, and lived with his wife while he was wearing tefillin, you can't touch any part of your tefillin. Not the ritzua, not the ketzitza, until you wash and then you can take off your tefillin because the hands may have touched something. I just want to take two minutes. We'll see if we have time to do the mission afterwards. We just had this Indian of tefillin needs a gufnaki. That a person can't do any bodily functions with tefillin. There's a Gemara in Shabbos that says, Tefillin tzrichem gufnaki. When you wear tefillin, you need to keep a clean body. Elisha balkenafayim. Like the famous story of Elisha balkenafayim. Who's Elisha balkenafayim? One time the Roman said, you're not going to wear tefillin. And he went and wore tefillin anyway. This Roman cop sees him and sees that he's wearing tefillin and starts chasing him. And... And Elisha saw that he was going to lose the race, and he quickly took off the tefillin and hid them from the Roman. The Roman said, hey, what do you have in your hand? He told him, I have a pair of golden doves in my hand. And the cop said, yeah, sure, let me see. And he opened up his hand, and lo and behold, there was golden doves in his hand. That's why he's called Elisha Balkanafayim, Elisha, the one with the wings. And that's the story of the Gemara. Tysus asks, where do you see from that story? That Elisha had a clean body. It says, And then it says the story. Yes, he was very miraculous. He was very, very hush for wearing tefillin, even when the Romans said you're not allowed to, etc., etc., etc. But where do you see Gufnaki there? So Taisus answer is like the most chsidish answer ever. You know, like the old chsidish joke? How do you know that Yaakov Avinu wore a strimal? It says by Yaakov. You think he would go out without a strimal? So Taisus Mamer says that. Taisus says Hashem wouldn't have given him an aness if he wasn't Makbar on Gufnaki. So you see, he was Makbar on Gufnaki. And that's how we have to learn that we have to be Makbar on Gufnaki. That's what Taisus says. Chsam Sefer says like this. Chsam Sefer asks another Kasha. When the cop chased him and said, hey, hey, you, it's because he saw he was wearing tefillin. Ask the Chsam Sefer. Why did he take off that, his tillin at that time? You're dead. If you're not going to get a nace, if you're not going to get a nace, the cop's going to kill you either way. If you are going to merit a nace, then you're going to merit a nace. And wearing your tefillin will help you, because we learned to Gemara and Saita that, that mitzvahs, bizman, you're doing them, be'idan mitzvah, when you're doing the mitzvah, they're megan umatzel, they save you. So ask the chsam seifer, at the time that the cop caught him, why did he take off his tefillin? Why didn't he cover them up, keep wearing tefillin, the cop said, hey, what's under your hand? Golden doves. He would have needed to say, Ness, aha, voila, they're golden doves. Why did he take off his tefillin and need the Ness? Why did he keep on his tefillin and need the Ness? Says the Chassam for gorgeous. You think that, you know, Doing bodily functions with your tefillin is the pshat and gufnaki? Yeah, it's a small part of gufnaki. 
But you think lying with your tefillin isn't good naki? Isn't guf naki? Lying with your tefillin is the ultimate dirty body. Is the ultimate not guf naki. Lying with tefillin on is the ultimate violation of guf naki. Elisha had to say a lie. Because if you tell the Roman, I have tefillin on, the Roman would shoot him in the head. He needed to lie. But he was so mocked on gufnaki. He didn't want to lie while wearing tefillin. So he took off his tefillin in order to lie. His taking off his tefillin was Messiris Nefesh for gufnaki. And that's why he was saved. And that's why Elisha Balkanafai was saved. Now the Gemara is beautiful. Says the Gemara, tefillin need gufnaki. You need to have a gufnaki, which means, yet also means you can't do bodily functions with your tefillin, but it means keep your mouth clean. Don't lie with tefillin. Tefillin need gufnaki like Elisha Balkanafaim. And then it says the story. Okay, I'll just read the Mishnah, and then we'll stop. Maise, Mamish continuing with the last Mishnah. The last Mishnah said, um, 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 you're, not, you're, you're allowed to eat a snack outside the sukkah. Maise, there was a story of Rabbi They gave him a little taste, little taste of the soup. They gave him a little snack, two dates, and a pitcher of water. And they both said, nope, bring him up to the sukkah. When they gave the same kind of snack to Tzadik, he was made sure to eat less than a kibetza. Not the mamap, he didn't even touch it with his hands because he didn't want to wash. He ate it outside the sukkah and he didn't bench. So we'll get to Tzadik later. But this first story is the exact opposite of the Mishnah. We had a whole Mishnah, snacks need not be eaten in the sukkah. And then the Gemara brings a story with the grace of Tanoim, Rabbi Yechon, and Zakai, and Rabbi Gamliel, that they got a snack, and they insisted on eating it in the sukkah. Frank, the Gemara, Maisa Lister. You're telling me a story to contradict it then you said in the last Mishnah? Zak, the Gemara, Well, we're missing a little detail. There's always a debate when there's a kula in a Mishnah, are you able to be machmer? There are areas in Shas where it's usher to be machmer. We learned this in Brachas, that if you say, I could say Kriyashmanav Kavana, one time I said, no, you can't. And don't act like you're better than everyone else. So when you have an Indian over here that says you don't have to eat a snack in the sukkah, is eating a snack in the sukkah a violation of gaiva? Or if a person wants to be machmer, no, that's a fine chumrah. Says the Gemara, if a person wants to be machmer and insists on eating snacks in the sukkah, machmer, then go right ahead. And there's no Indian of being a Balgaiva saying you're better than the halacho. My Sanami, talk of a story. They brought to taste the cooked food. And he said, bring them into the sukkah.